Greetings and salutations from Podcast Central in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. You're listening to the life and times of Big Jim, and I'm your host, Big Jim. Hey, big news, gang. Big news. Get ready for this. This is big news. I now have a Facebook page for the podcast. That's right. A real life Facebook just for this podcast. Go on Facebook, search for the life and times of Big Jim. And you can find a page along with all the random thoughts from me. Oh boy, that's exciting. You know, big old Big Jim telling you what you need to hear. You'll find all kinds of, you'll find all of our podcasts on there. So you don't need to miss out on any excitement of any episode that happens right here in our studio in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. Once I have a hundred followers on there, I'm going to do something kind of special. I'm going to have a live podcast right there on the Facebook page. You'll get a behind the look scene of Big Jim right here in the studio. How all this madness, how all this craziness actually happens. So what are you waiting for? Get on over there to the page. Like it. What can it hurt? Are you still here? Why aren't you on Facebook right now? I'll wait, okay? Well, are you back? Great. Hey, uh, I hope you enjoyed that little musical interlude as I waited for you to get your like on the Facebook page. I'm expecting when this thing drops to air that I'll have thousands of people joining my podcast Facebook page. Well, folks, on this week's episode, I'm going to introduce you to one of my ex-father-in-laws. One of them? Yes, one of them. If you are a listener, well, I may not have ever told you, but um, I've been married like three times, so... I've had a couple of father-in-laws, a few father-in-laws. I've had some father-in-laws, but this one would be ex-father-in-law number two. I don't remember his name. That's a terrible thing to say, but I don't. And I don't remember any more than two times in the time I was around this man that I actually saw him in any other clothing but a pair of bib overalls and a dirty white t-shirt underneath. This guy was a farmer. Now, I know all of you know, think that, you know, well, I've known farmers before, but he was a farmer. He was from central Arkansas, a little town called Dardanell, Arkansas, to be exact. Well, if I'm going to be really exact, it wasn't. It was near Dardanelle because he was a farmer. And well, because of that, he had a farm and farms are generally not in the middle of town. 
He was a portly little man, stood no more than about five foot eight inches tall with his ball cap on. He always had a ball cap on. And he always had tobacco juice running down both sides of the deep creases on the sides of his mouth and down his chin. That was really great, that tobacco juice. Mm, Yeah. While he worked, while he worked hard on his farm, his little stick figure wife tended to the small country farmhouse. I say stick figure because she was so thin that a gentle breeze would have knocked her off her feet. She was in need of a ham sandwich with extra mayo and a couple of slices of extra cheese with half gallon of cookies and cream ice cream on the side. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. She was a sweet, sweet lady, but she was just a tad on the emaciated side. Well, as fate would have it, time came that I needed to, out of necessity, spend the night in this little dilapidated farmhouse in central Arkansas. And I will admit, I was not looking forward to it. As many of you know by listening to this podcast that I grew up on my 3.5 acre ranch in Carthage, Missouri. But I had long left that country life behind. I no longer saw myself as a country boy. Hell, I was, it was, I was, I was like the so-called country singers of today. The guys who sing about horses and cattle and in their Tommy Hilfiger jeans and their Michael Jordans. But there I was, standing out in the hot sun with my ex-father-in-law as he worked in the fields around the farm. And the Arkansas hot sun is hot sun. I've got to tell you that, folks. As we stood out there getting baked by the hot central Arkansas sun, making a little small talk, he reached in the bib of his big smith overalls and pulled out a pouch of red man chewing tobacco. He carefully, as if he were handling, you know, a gold bullion, unfolded the foil package, reached in and grabbed a full pinch, tilted his head up toward the hot sun, and shoved that pinch into his mouth. Just as carefully as he'd unrolled that pouch, he rolled it back up, stuck in his pocket those bib overalls, it was really like watching a dancer dancer do a routine. It was it was choreographed and smooth, but the dance was not over yet. After the chaw of Red Man, there was the next pirouette of the dance. He right reached into his right pants pocket. Well, what would have been called pants and a pair of jeans or pants or something like that, but I don't know what you call that in overalls. But the one on the right down there where, you know, us guys keep our keys, pocket change, uh, rabbit's foot, whatever you want to keep in there. He pulled out what I like to call a dog turd in cellophane. But I think it's really called rope tobacco. He pulled out his pocket knife, sliced off a hunk of that dog turd and crammed it into his mouth along with the red man. He'd just stuffed in there prior to that. Now, folks, me being the big, 
30-some-odd-year-old blowhard that I was, I commented on his interesting use of dog turds. He looked at me and he said, You gotta be a real man to chew this. (laughs) I scoffed. He pulled the dog turd back out of his pocket along with his pocket knife and proceeded to cut me off a hunk of dog turd and hand it to me. Now, my friends, I was a smoker for quite some time, and I smoked pipes and cigars, and I've chewed my share of tobacco as well. I I don't anymore. I quit. I quit that stuff some 29 years ago. But at this time of my life, I'd been around the block with the tobacco industry. Well, I plunked that thing in my mouth. And the first thing I noticed was this indeed did taste like a dog turd. I couldn't tell if it was Rottweiler or Great Dane or German Shepherd or possibly a mix of all three, but I knew it tasted awful. Then with no notice whatsoever, no warning from said dog turd, the inside of my mouth caught fire, fire, fire. No, I wasn't stupid and I didn't light it or anything like that, but spontaneous combustion had taken place. I began to sweat profusely and I felt as if if my legs had had disappeared and I was standing with no legs in the field in the hot central Arkansas sun. But damn it, I was tough. I was not going to be beaten by a dog turd. So I held my ground, showing not one bit of what I was feeling on the inside, on my face. Then the dizziness started. (laughs) Whatever it was in this hunk of dog turd was twisting my body into a cruel, legless, sweating, dizzy, fire-breathing dragon. I spit that stuff out, that uh, that plug of dog turd, I spit it from my mouth farther than the world champion of watermelon seed spitting did when they won the championship, if there is really such a thing. Let's just say I got that disgusting stuff out of my mouth as quickly as I possibly could. Now, if my memory serves me right, this entire sequence of events took almost a whole minute to transpire. That's right, my friends. I lasted one whole minute with dog turd cigarette. Oh, wait, cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, chew a cigarette. The paper will be terrible. That dog turd tobacco in my mouth. <laughs> now, the ex-father-in-law had quite the laugh as I looked for anything to drink to get this hideous taste from my mouth. And when nothing presented itself as suitable drinking water, he suggested we head into the house and get me a drink. I did not object. Now, folks, if you have never been to a real country farmhouse, you really have no idea what you're missing. And since we have no visual aid to this podcast, I will do my best to describe to you 
so you fully understand the concept of the country farmhouse. Real country farmhouses are small, generally a couple of bedrooms, one bathroom, a living room, and a kitchen. And the kitchen generally has a little table in it for dining. The place is usually pretty dirty and cluttered, but cozy and warm as well. There there will be a very eclectic collection of trinkets and collectibles on the end tables and the shelving that generally has been built into the wall in the old country farmhouse. You might find anything from an ashtray from the junk shop at the Petrified Forest in Arizona to a shot glass from a tourist trap along Highway 66 and maybe even some precious moments figurines tucked in amidst the assortment of many John Deere and Massey Ferguson tractors. Sometimes these articles might be kept or displayed in a curio cabinet to keep them safe from the would-be shot glass thieves that might break in looking for a Route 66 shot glass. Many of these farm homes, these country farmhouses, have some of that dark paneling on the walls that you used to see in the 70s, and it's it's still in the in the country farmhouse. And if it's not, it's probably been replaced by some gaudy wallpaper that's been hung up and has began to peel on the corners and the in the seams, and giving that home the the good, well looked lived-in home appearance of the uh, the good country farmhouse. Well, that, that, that pretty well describes the house that I would be spending the night in. Oh, with one small caveat. I was told, and I quote, if you have to piss, make sure you stand on the right side of the toilet. If you stand on the left side of the toilet, the floor will fall in. <laughs> the floor will fall. Get that concept. Stand on the right side of the toilet because on the left side, the floor will fall in. So after a little chatty convo with my hosts, it got to be around 8 p.m. And around the farm, that was bedtime. So off we all went to our bedrooms for some serious shut-eye. The bed and the floor creaked when I climbed in it, and the feather-down mattress and pillow fit perfectly for a good night's rest. Now, I was awakened from my slumber. But what I will say was most likely the best thing I had ever smelled in my life. I woke up to an aroma that makes everything go away. I'm aware that many of you have do not know what a country home breakfast is. So let me explain. As I smelled the country farmhouse homemade breakfast cooking, Toothpick's ex-mother-in-law had awakened what to me should have been about two or three hours ago to prepare all this that she'd prepared, but probably to her it took about 30 minutes. She had made biscuits from scratch. There would be no store-bought biscuits in this country farmhouse. They were baking in the oven, 
while she fried bacon. Not microwave, mm-mm, no, fried it in a skillet on the gas stove. She had fried sausage patties. They rested on the large platter next to the stove, and she made sausage gravy using the grease from the sausage. Yes, folks, real gravy, not poured from a bag and water added to it. The toaster was raging along as it made toast for the ex-father-in-law. He, he liked toast, okay? The coffee was percolating on the stove. What's that, Big Jim? What the hell is percolating? That, folks, is what people did before Mr. Coffee started to make little coffee pots that you plugged in and sat there on the counter. Side note, that was one of my favorite memories of my grandma Buttons. She always had coffee percolating on the stove. Oh, her house smelled so, so good. Oh, and now, now back to Stick Lady and our country breakfast feast. At the ready was yet another skillet. Country farmhouses had lots of skillets. Butter melted in the bottom and ready for your egg order to go with breakfast. Scrambled, fried, sunny side up, over easy, however you like them. Stick Lady would fix for them exactly as you wanted them. And she wasn't going to sit down and eat her breakfast until everyone had eggs that they wanted on their plate. Now, also on that small table was carafts of orange juice and milk and a coffee cup at each place setting that was that that in between cooking the feast she had meticulously set. Stick Lady was amazing. I was in breakfast heaven. I knew that I would be too stuffed to leave, and I figured I would just have to spend a few more days pissing from the right side of the toilet just so I could enjoy some more country farmhouse breakfast. So, after moseying in to the kitchen and taking a seat at the table adorned with the most fantastic breakfast I had ever seen, my egg order was taken and I was beseeched to fill my plate as my eggs were cooked to my perfection. So, I did. Two biscuits with simmering sausage gravy, three sausage patties, two slices of bacon. My plate was overflowing when Stick Lady turned around with a skillet in hand and slid my two over-easy eggs right on top of this mountain of food. Denny's Grand Sam Black... Denny's Grand Slam Breakfast could not hold a candle to what laid before me on the old country farm-home table. I'm sure my eyes were as wide as silver dollars as I dug my fork into that food for the first time. Suddenly, my ex-father-in-law muttered something like oops or damn or something like that and sprang from his chair as quickly as a tobacco-stained portly farmer could do. 
but I really paid no attention. The breakfast feast of all breakfast feasts was in front of me, and I was focused on those warm, runny egg yolks running down and covering my biscuits and my gravy and my sauce patties and bacon. Oh, if you haven't got the picture yet, it was breakfast heaven, folks. I was... There was little warning from my ex-father-in-law when his arm came over my shoulder and sat a tumbler that was already forming condensation on the outside of the glass. The fluid inside looked like if, as if it was apple juice, and I like apple juice. So I said, thank you. I love apple juice. Apple juice? Son, that ain't apple juice. That's Crown Royal. You can't have breakfast without Crown Royal. And he set that glass down in front of my plate, slid into his chair, just as Stick Lady slid his fried eggs on top of his food. Crown Royal? I thought, what? What, what the hell is this? It's 7.30 in the morning. Yes, you heard it. 7.30 in the morning. In case you missed that, it was 7 damn 30 in the morning. And I had a huge tumbler of Crown Royal sitting on the table for breakfast. At seven damn thirty in the morning. Wow. Just to emphasize, let me say that backwards. Wow. Now, friends, I'm not one to look a gift horse in the mouth and turn down such a display of kindness. So, as the ex father in law picked up his glass and held it up for a toast, What the hell was I supposed to do? I had to drink. I mean, how rude not to accept and utilize the gift that had been given to me. I mean, I'm not a total jerk. (laughs) Well, friends, after one more plate of food and one more tumbler full of Crown Royal, don't judge me, it was offered. What was I to do? Turn it down and discount the appreciation of the first gift? Well, no, I had to take it. I thought I might have to piss from the right side of the toilet for another day or two because I was in no shape to drive. But after some time, a long time, and a few cups of coffee, I was sad to leave this cluttered, dirty, floor-falling-through slice of Americana that that, it's so often missed by so many people. I never had the opportunity to go back, but if I had the chance to visit another country farmhouse... For an evening, you bet your crown royal I would go. And that there, folks, is crown royal and dog turds tobacco. Hope you enjoyed it. Crown royal and dog turds tobacco. Well, folks, I got some exciting news for you. I will be getting a co-host for my podcast very shortly. And I'm so excited to be able to introduce you to her in the coming weeks. She will add such a dynamic, new dynamic to the podcast and we'll, and, and we'll be discovering the hidden gems of Savannah for the Savannah local tourist portion of the podcast. 
I really don't have anything for the Savannah local tourists this week, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about next week's podcast. It will be a special Thanksgiving episode when I will just talk about all the things that I have to be thankful for, with some funny little twists and turns in there as we look back at Thanksgivings from the past. And if you'd like, folks, send me an email. Uh, shoot me an email at BigJimEnterprisesPod at gmail.com. That's BigJimEnterprisesPod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Send me an email. Tell me what you're thankful for. I'd love to read it on the podcast. I'd love to share some of the things that you might be thankful for as we get into this uh, season of holidays and Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and all that fun stuff. I'd sure like to share some of the things with you. Um, but as far as, uh, my little story for you next week, um, um, don't, don't miss this one. Cause we're going to have a really funny story, um, of a Thanksgiving food fight that very, very, very few people know about. And one of those people has already passed on into glory. So don't miss this one, folks. This is a this is a good little story, you know. I'll give you a hint. My grandma, and not Grandma Buttons, she could heave a pretty mean hot roll. Get ready for Thanksgiving thankfulness and hot roll slinging coming up next week on the lifetimes of Big Jim. Now, folks, I'm out of here like a seven damn 30 glass of Crown Royal at a country farm breakfast. God bless you all. See you next week.